what happens when a husband dies, what happens when a husband divorces a wife, the ideal is lost, and maybe a woman has to do what she has to do to sustain and support her family. There may be periods of time in the life of a woman when she has to work because of some great economic stress. The husband may lose a job and she can help. But the goal and the objective is for women to be occupied in the home with the children, with the husband, and to be serving the Lord from the perspective of the home. This is Bible Q&A with John MacArthur. If you'd like more in-depth teaching from Titus, or if you have a question for John, visit MacArthurCommentaries.com. WTRJ, Orange Park, Jacksonville. WAYL, St. Augustine. WATY, Folkestone, Georgia. Online at ILoveTheTruth.com. More kids today struggle with LGBT issues. Could the culture's influence be to blame? Trace Embry shares next on Licensed to Parent. In the last few years at Shepherd's Hill Academy, we've seen a tremendous spike in the number of kids dealing with LGBT issues. But we've also noticed that these issues are largely culturally induced. I'm not saying that a very small percentage of our population doesn't have real struggles in this area, maybe as high as 3%. What I am saying is that since our nation's infrastructure, media, entertainment, and even our government, has been infiltrated with LGBT constituents, they are now positioned to proliferate false premises and narratives that our kids are buying hook, line, and sinker. But we shouldn't. I see kids turn from this all the time. So keep abreast of the latest research on this issue and talk with your kids about it regularly. Follow us on Facebook, X, YouTube, and LicensedToParent.org. Hey okay, guys, uh, welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes along with my good buddy Doug McCary coming to you live on this uh, Monday afternoon. Glad you have tuned in. It has been a... Uh, it's been a whirlwind this weekend. Doug, good to have you back in studio. Yeah, uh, it's good to be here and uh, a little chilly out there here. I don't know how things are going in Virginia, Mississippi, and out west, but man, it it's a lot chillier now than when you woke up this morning, you know? <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, but. All things considered, uh, it's a lot better than most places, right? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I do have a jacket on. I have a. Well, you I'm look like, like you're going in the <laughs> Arctic, man. Gonna... I was like, I was feeling bad. I was like, uh, hope. It, it wondered Jeremy had turned the thermostat down in here. Yeah, I will be uh, shedding this very quickly. <laughs> by the way, um, <laughs> how was your weekend, man? It, it was good. It was. Uh, it was good. You know, kind of uh, just doing a lot of stuff for the year and you know we uh had another swat brother i found out passed away a guy who used to come to the swat group here james gregory no uh, way yeah did he really yeah he uh he actually that they don't i don't even know if we know for sure how he passed away yet if it's a heart attack or a stroke but um uh some of the guys that come to the lunch swat remember james oh james james you know had an interesting he had an interesting background he he if you ever heard his testimony oh, he yeah. he 
he fried his brain on drugs when he was uh, out in California, and uh, he talks a lot about that. And and he had ticks, you know, he, he had some ticks because mm-hmm. of what he did to his brain. We're but not, we're not talking about ticks; you get in the woods. Well, yeah, no, no, we're talking about like uh, what I call um, I don't know they're they're like psychological ticks or mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. you know he 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 really. He, he had some issues that related to that. It, you know, he had seizures and other things that happened. Because, you know, you can come to Christ and repent and experience forgiveness and hope that you'll be with Jesus. Amen. But it doesn't take away the consequences necessarily of all the things that you've done uh, and how it impacts others and how it impacts your own life. And uh, but he was faithful. He came to this SWAT at lunch here. Uh, you know, he, he stopped coming toward the end of the year, and I think he started having more health issues. Um, he, we, we started to see seizures. He, he had to go to the mm-hmm. hospital on and off. And uh, But he went to Trinity Baptist. He also went to Murray Hill Baptist. He was a part of those groups. And you, you would, Doug, you would see him riding his bike oh, all no over the place i know but i'll say this for james he he had ticks he he sometimes um you know almost like a stroke patient sometimes when you lose inhibitions about saying things and you you may say things in an angry way or you may react uh in a bad way because you, you really are unaware you're unaware of of how you're reacting um but every time i corrected him he would always respond graciously. Oh, really? You know, uh, he, he was paranoid a little bit, but he would put out on YouTube a video almost weekly, sometimes daily, um, trying to tell people about Jesus mm. in the way mm. he knew how. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, well, I want to say I, I was, uh, I would get his, uh, his emails on a weekly basis. Um, I was just going to say, when was last? In fact, uh, well, it was about see. three weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say it, it wasn't about, that long ago. Yeah, about uh, three weeks ago, and that's um, they they um, they you know they they said he died a few weeks ago actually, but uh, he wasn't discovered uh, for a while. Mm. So um, you know, but they they've reached out to his brother, uh, and this was his prayer. This was what James prayed that his brother, that his brother's children and all those that he knew, uh, including his ex-wife, Christy, would trust and follow Jesus. That was that was really all he wanted. Uh, and so, uh, you know, so that's what I prayed when I heard. I just mm-hmm. prayed that his, his, his relatives and his ex-wife would know Jesus. Amen. So, Amen. Well, he uh, was, like you said, a faithful guy. He, he was a regular at SWAT for goodness doug probably three or four years uh at least here at lunchtime yeah but yeah you, you would often see he didn't have transportation well he had a bike mm-hmm. which i think you you and i may have bought him a bike or something yeah. uh, a few years ago yeah but uh you'd see him all over town and i gotta tell you uh he was not ashamed of the gospel mm-hmm. uh he would boldly uh speak it he would boldly share it and uh as uh, we are commanded to do so mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, um, he, like I said, (laughs) I think he got kicked out of every Starbucks in town because he would go in and 
sometimes he would try to tell people about Jesus in not so great a way. Yeah. Uh, but when he was confronted about it, he would usually mm-hmm. uh, repent and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that. And again, if you've ever been around stroke victims who lose their inhibitions, it's very similar to that. And um, where he, he just, you know, even in the SWAT meeting, sometimes he just start, he just mm-hmm. start saying <laughs> something that say, James, listen, you need to wait, you know. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, we will see him in heaven. I'm, yes. I feel uh, sure that we'll see James there. And uh, just want to remind people that may be listening, especially out at the beach, that uh, our good brother Roy McGriff uh, went to be with the Lord uh, on the 28th of January, and we will be celebrating his life this Friday at 11 a.m. out at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church, and I'll be conducting that service, and um, hopefully uh, a lot of SWAT guys will show up. We loved Roy, and and look forward to celebrating his life. I had the privilege of being with him uh, the, that really less than 24 hours before God took him, he was coherent and smiling and saying he's ready to see Jesus. So. You know, Doug, that's that's what I think of when I think of Roy mm-hmm. is that smile. Yeah. He, he always had such a sweet uh, kindness about him, and uh, he will. He will definitely be missed for yes. sure. Yes, he did. Uh, he had that. He had that great smile, and he was just down to earth, you know. Uh, so anyway, um, you know, Brad, you and I before we came on, we're, we're talking um, that um, you know, Alistair Begg. This thing is continuing to go on, <laughs> and it just ain't dying. Uh, you know his. Um, his response to the response, if you haven't heard, uh, um, if you haven't heard what's going on, Alistair Begg, who's a pastor, very well-known pastor, very widely followed pastor through social media and his podcast uh, called, uh, or, or radio program called Truth for Life, uh, literally is heard by millions. This is a, it's a big issue because it influences a lot of people. Uh, but he recently said in an interview uh, or, or that he received a letter from a grandmother asking whether or not she should have attended her grandson's wedding to a transgender person. And his response, well, yes, you should go to encourage him uh, as long as he knows that you don't agree. Well, everybody, <laughs> well, I shouldn't say everybody, I don't know I haven't talked to everybody, but a lot of his evangelical friends and colleagues have asked him to recant that because they believe he's in error. And the reason is when you go, uh, I mean, you can go and engage with unbelievers in a lot of different ways, but when you attend a ceremony, this is a celebration. Marriages have always been seen as a celebration. Mm -hmm. And so to go to a celebration that is really affirming sin, affirming going against God's will, and sitting there, do you sit there with a frown on your face? Because if you sit Mm -hmm. there smiling, you are silently affirming what's going on because you will not talk to every guest there more than likely. So they will see by your presence, oh, he's a pastor, he's here, 
Yes. And by Alistair mm. Begg affirming that at a celebration of this event, a wedding by historical tradition, if you're present there, you affirm what's going on. You join. In fact, it's, in a, a, lot of, it's a ceremony. Well, in a lot of places, they, they actually are referred to as celebrants. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. They're, 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 they're celebrating the union. And so you can affirm whatever person you want to affirm by another means, but you don't attend something that is celebratory of something that is against God's mm. design. Mm. That, I, did, I did not have a chance, Doug, to listen to uh, your interview with um, uh, Daryl. Oh, was, or, no, it was no, with Virgil. With Virgil. Virgil did. It was Virgil great. Walker. Yeah. Is that yeah. Omaha? Uh, yeah, Omaha, yeah. <laughs> um, so what What did he have to say? I'm going to go back and listen to it. But uh, what, what did – I know y'all were talking about that. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about it, and pretty much he – I mean, he just said what I just shared. I mean, he affirmed that, that as with a lot of people that – you can affirm in a lot of ways, uh, go to their birthday party, celebrate their birthday party, uh, take them to dinner, invite them over to dinner. There's nothing wrong with going to dinner. And if they want to bring the person they call their spouse, they can bring them, uh, love them, but you don't celebrate at their ceremony. That, that is, that is taking too big of a step into affirmation i mean because the bottom line is and this is what he said if if you if you go if you don't go to the event you're seen as rejecting that because of you know so how is it not affirming it if you go yeah how do how do you explain Mm -hmm. that i don't i i'm not affirming it because you internally don't believe all the people that are there watching they don't know what you think right or they may, a couple of them might, but that doesn't mean everybody does. So by your presence, it is affirming as a celebrant, mm-hmm. as a as a witness. Yeah. In fact, they used to say, anybody here who does not think this ought to happen, speak now and forever hold your peace. I think they've removed that from a lot of services now. <laughs> I think they have. I don't think we, I, I can't remember. Did Trey do that with Hannah? I don't remember. I can't remember now. I, I, I don't remember if he did. I'd do that. At yeah. weddings, oh, I do. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. So, for sure. Uh, but well, I mean, Doug, uh, would would take any other sin and imagine having a celebration? Of well, that that's sin. that's the thing. When you insert, and I think that is exactly what um, what uh, uh, Omaha said, uh, Virgil Walker. You know, if you put any other sin in that realm. You would not. You wouldn't go to a celebrate. Let's say somebody's coming out as a homosexual, and they're having a party, a celebration, and they invited you to come. Would you go? No. Uh, somebody is having a, a freedom party because they're going to have an abortion, and they celebrating their right to be free to do that. Would you go? Mm-mm. No. So why in the world would you go celebrate somebody saying, "I'm marrying somebody in direct opposition to the will of God"? Ooh good so well pretty hot topic there glad you (laughs) glad we could uh, kind of address it here Mm. Uh, i'm sure it won't be the 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 last time we talk about it but glad you tuned in this afternoon if you want to call us 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment feel free to email us at ask at swat radio.com stay tuned 
We'll be right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, serving Anastasia Island at 91.9. Look down from a broken sky, traced out by the city lights. My world from a mile high, best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos All those people Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in this afternoon. We'll take your calls during that fourth segment, 844-777-7928. Again, you can email us your questions at ask at SWATradio.com. You know, Doug, I was looking, reading this, it says... Uh, in light of this Alistair Begg issue, we'll kind of put it to bed for today. It says this is an enormously complicated issue for believers with gay, lesbian, or trans family members. How do I stand my ground and show my love at the same time? That was the question of his message, which he took from Luke 15. Mm. The parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the prodigal son view the message, and it's include, it says you will sense just how seriously he wrestles with that question. I have not listened to it yet, but... Mm. So still, I think he missed a crucial principle. When we're in a swirl of not knowing what to do, it's always wise to ask, is there anything I do know for sure? Clear answers in this whirlpool are like signposts in a blinding dust storm. They help you keep your bearings and can point you in the right direction. Mm. There are at least three clear signposts regarding this particular issue. And uh, anyway, just uh, acting in love. And uh, following Jesus' example, which we feel pretty confident Jesus, in light of the, even the text we looked at last week about Jesus calling the tax collector, Levi. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love on those who are in sin, but uh, we don't celebrate it. So anyway. Well, I was sharing with you, and we normally try the second segment to go right into the text for the week, which this week is Mark 2, 23 through, 3 through 6, but... This is such a, a, a this is such a topic for right now that I do want to go to the word on this. I want to I, yesterday I, I heard you know my one of my mentors Tommy Nelson who is I love Tommy. You know you know you've known Tommy a long time too. He's just Tommy is about going to the word. Mm-hmm. So the way Tommy dealt with yeah. this was he went to the word. 
and he went to uh, 1 Kings 13. Now, you've been teaching through 1 Kings, and I got to teach not this week, but next week. And uh, 1 Kings, the whole Bible is about God interacting with people. So really, when you go to the Bible, you see there's nothing new under the sun. Everything is just repackaged, and it Mm -hmm. comes out. And Tommy preached from 1 Kings, and he preached about Jeroboam. And what's so uh, good about what he did is, if you remember, just to set the stage, Jeroboam was a servant of Solomon. He was a servant that God ended up taking 10 tribes that controlled a vast amount of land that Israel owned, and he gave it to Jeroboam as a gift. God, Jeroboam didn't do anything to earn it. He was a good administrator, a good manager for Solomon. But here's the problem with Solomon. Remember, Solomon was the king, of, or he was the son of David. He he took over after his dad, the greatest king in Israel's history, right? Mm, Other than, no question. So, mm-hmm. so Solomon takes over, and what does he do? He has 700 wives. Now, you you know today a lot of guys think about the 700 wives thing and they think about it from a, a sexual fulfillment point of view. That is not why Solomon married 700 wives. He married 700 wives so that he could increase his security with the lands around him. He married women that would help him gain uh, the allegiance of surrounding lands and surrounding governments. Mm-hmm. He So... Stop and think about that for a minute. God was the one that provided security, not his business arrangements. And and so what happened is uh, God saw Solomon start to drift. Did he finish well? Nope. Nope. He did not. And, And so God told Jeroboam through a prophet, you're going to be the guy that's going to replace and take over the kingdoms. And so when Rehoboam, Solomon's son, took over, God said, this guy's going to be the prophet. I mean, he's going to be the king. So Jeroboam got all the ten tribes. And the reason he got them was to reform those tribes of Israel back to only trusting in God. And and what happened is he got off track. and He got scared because where was the temple? The temple was down at the place in Jerusalem where his son ruled. And so Jeroboam thought, well, if I don't, I mean, these people have to go down there three times a year for a feast. They're going to become loyal and they're going to end up killing me. And Rehoboam's going to take take back over. So he said, I know what I'll do. I'll build my own temple up here, my own places of worship. So he built a golden calf as a, as a, as a place of worship up in Dan and one in Bethel. And so his people could go, well, a remnant of the people from the north said, we can't handle that, and they moved to the south. But everybody else that stayed up there had no problem with it, and so they sacrificed. Is there another place where two golden calves were made? Yeah, mm-hmm. and God condemned it. Yeah, And so Jeroboam created his own feast and everything, And so God sends a prophet to him 
And that young man went to him and said, listen, here's what's going to happen. God's going to raise up a guy named Josiah. Now, this is 20-something kings later, like hundreds of years down the road. So you think God doesn't know what's going on? He ordains it. So God warned him, repent, repent, Jeroboam, and don't do these things. Destroy him. But you know what Jeroboam did? He didn't. He didn't destroy him. And now the, the, the story takes a funny turn because this young guy starts going away and, and God had told him, don't go back the way you came. He did not want people to think he had fellowship with them. He went mm. to them to deliver a message and he didn't want to see people, people seeing him going back and forth mm-hmm. like he had fellowship with these idol worshipers because right. he represented God. But he was going back, and this old prophet, it says, who now was living with Jeroboam in that territory and who obviously was compromised, heard about this young prophet and lied to him, told him that God told him it was okay for him to eat when God had told him not to eat there. Why? Because eating always symbolized fellowship. He didn't want him to eat. He just wanted to go give him the message and go, the young prophet ate with the old prophet because the old prophet lied and the young prophet died. He was eaten by a lion. And that story is in first uh, Kings 13. But the old prophet recognized that he really was a man of God. He did bring God's message. And one of the things that Tommy said in the message, it was so impactful was that just because we're flawed it doesn't mean that when god speaks through us his message is flawed so alistair Begg has been preaching faithfully for a long time and you can't throw out the truth because the truth is the truth right right but you know one of the things that tommy brought out which i thought was really good is we cannot compromise because we we're sympathetic to people we're moved by people uh we're moved by the culture and there yes one of the things you just read a while ago in the article is a lot of people have family members that are caught up uh one guy uh, i talked to last week said well you know uh, the country's moving toward that 25 to 30 percent of all (laughs) young people uh are doing it well it doesn't matter if 95 percent are doing it you don't compromise with truth. You love people, but you don't celebrate the union mm-hmm. of two people that God says yeah. should not be together. It goes directly against his will. And 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 so this story in First Kings is when a, a prophet compromised. He was there. He should not have been in that country, this old prophet. Mm-hmm. But at the end of his life, he witnessed this young yeah. prophet dying because he did what God told him not yeah. to do. And it says he repented. Mm. He became yeah. fearful, this yeah. old prophet. So now you uh, never know what that word might bring about. I was you, When you were talking about 1 Kings, I thought 1 mm-hmm. Kings 18, 21 speaks it says and elijah came near to all the people and said how long will you go limping between two different opinions Mm -hmm. 
if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's in a, in a sense, what we're seeing. Well, I mean, you see it, it it's highlighted in, in, in Alistair Begg, mm-hmm. but it's true of most people today. Yeah. We're limping between two opinions. Yes. Whose opinion matters. Yeah. And uh, we better be as the Bereans. We better examine the word. The word is our authority. And really that this week we're looking at this whole idea of how Jesus, the Messiah, affirms the authority of God's word. He explains the meaning of God's word and he demonstrates the mercy. You know, the mercy of God through his word is that his word give is truth. It's not Mm. merciful. It's not loving to affirm a lie. It's not merciful. It's not loving to affirm someone who is acting in direct disobedience with God. That's no matter how they may perceive it. Mm. They, they can perceive you as, listen, if you're judgmental because your attitude says, I'm better than those people, that's different. But if you're just trying to lovingly say, this is not right, God wants you to understand he loves you, but to walk in disobedience to him without repentance shows that you are not being led in any way by him, which will ultimately not bring you any kind of peace you're going against his 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 design. Yeah. So I, I just I know that's a long that was we spent a lot longer <laughs> on that, but it, it is something that's going to continue to divide, I think, and it's going to be something that you better know. It's like when I was a pilot, you couldn't wait to the emergency to punch out of the airplane by to eject. You had to think well ahead of mm. before you you ever got in the airplane. So if you're out there listening and you're not confronted with this issue right now, you will be. So you better start thinking theologically of how how am how am I going to deal with this? Yeah. And and you want to deal with it in a biblical way. Amen. So. Amen. Glad you tuned in this afternoon. We will uh, take a break here at the bottom of the hour. Feel free to call us this afternoon. 844-777-7928. 844-777-7928. Seven 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 SWAT. You can also email us any questions or comments that you might have. Send those to ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back and jump into our text in Mark chapter 2. SRN News. I'm John Scott. Buckingham Palace announces that King Charles has been diagnosed with a form of cancer. It has begun treatment. The palace says the cancer is not related to the king's recent treatment of a benign prostate condition. It did not say what form of cancer the 75-year-old monarch has. The Republican point man for Senate elections in 2024 says he is a no on the border compromise with Democrats. Correspondent Bob Agnew reports. As head of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, Senator Steve Daines is responsible to see his party does well in this year's election, something he and other conservatives say won't happen if Republicans give too much ground on the border. In a post on X, Daines sums up his opposition, quote, 
I can't support a bill that doesn't secure the border, provides taxpayer-funded lawyers to illegal immigrants, and gives billions to radical open borders groups. I'm a no. Bob Agnew reporting. Also at SRNews.com, it's a soggy Monday in Southern California with another atmospheric river hitting that region. A slow-moving storm expected to dump heavy rain with potentially devastating flooding. On the economic front, prices are high. Now we're finding out how many Americans are running up their credit card balances. Americans held more than a trillion dollars on their credit cards in the third quarter of 2023. That is a record, and that number is expected to get even bigger when the data for the final few months of the year is released next month. Some people have spent their savings and run up their credit card balances after battling inflation for more than two years. These are mostly lower- and middle-income consumers. Experts worry that they're falling behind on their debts and that things could get worse for them in the year ahead. I'm Rita Foley. On Wall Street, stocks remain lower. The Dow is down 259 points. This is SRNU. You are invited to participate in a broadcast ministry of First Conservative Baptist Church with Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. And let's face the issues. This program allows you, the listener, to call in and ask your questions about current issues. Dr. Youngblood deals with moral, ethical, and political issues that face our culture and the church. Tune in every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. on 91.7 for expository preaching by Dr. Gene A. Youngblood. Dr. Youngblood is the pastor-founder of First Conservative Baptist Church and the founder-president of Conservative Theological University. Let's Face the Issues can be heard daily on 91.7, 91.3, and 91.9. At 11.30 a.m., don't miss these relevant broadcasts. Invite others to tune in also. Expect some delays because of a crash on the East Beltway on 295 northbound at the ramp to St. John's Bluff Road. Also, there's a broken-down vehicle on I-10 eastbound before Chafee Road, and there's congestion on I-95 southbound near 8th Street. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 45. Tuesday, partly sunny and windy, high 62. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. Hey guys, welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here on this Monday afternoon. As always, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. We usually take the first segment to jump into cultural issues that maybe we think are important to know about. And uh, I think as we kind of did there, Doug, I think the importance of knowing about how, how are you going to respond? Because if it hadn't hit you yet, it's coming. You know, the reality is you, you may... Uh, be invited to a wedding of a transgender or homosexual, whatever that is. And how are you going to respond in those Absolutely. instances? Uh-huh. And so uh, anyway, that's we spent a little more time on that than normal, but I think that's it. It's important, and uh, you know we obviously want you, the listener, to live out your faith fearlessly in a world that often challenges. And listen, it. we're not just 
I, I want to clarify this too. We're we're not just picking on uh, transgender oh, and homosexual. Heavens, no. Unbiblical is the key term. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if somebody is having an affair, divorces their wife, and wants to marry this person, I ain't going to that wedding either. Right. I'm not celebrating something that is mm-hmm. wrong. Right. Right. That that's the <clears throat> whole point. The the wedding celebration was a celebration of a couple coming together. It was a mm-hmm. it was a week long celebration in Jewish culture. Yep. yep. When they came together. Yep. Well, so kind of our mission is is rooted in the biblical understanding that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Paul exhorts the believers to demolish arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God <laughs> by taking every thought captive to obey Christ. And that's really well, a lot of what we talk about, you know, in that first segment. It's how. How do we take the lofty opinions of the world mm-hmm. and how do we obey Christ? Well, we've got to know what Christ says. And that's why, you know, we believe our, uh, that, uh, we believe that God's word is our authority and our, our greatest weapon. We believe that prayer is kind of, is the battlefield. We believe that discipleship is vital to the victory. And we believe evangelism is a call for those who have been commissioned. Mm-hmm. We believe that community is not just a once a week gathering. It's iron sharpening iron and that's you know i think doug a lot a lot of what we want to uh, deal with here at swat radio is obviously we want to exposit the word of god together what does it say what does it mean how do we live how do we live differently in light of the gospel and uh, sometimes unfortunately we, we got to bring in things that we see in the culture today that go against what god says yeah well uh, and again there's a lot of people that don't even they're not even aware of things like this happening but it's coming if it hasn't well i i do want to jump in to at least get an intro into the whole mark chapter two finishing up i i told the guys at swat i'd try to finish mark two in three weeks you know it took us the whole first <laughs> semester to get through mark one but um mark's gospel uh starts off with these words the beginning of the euangelion of jesus christ the son of god and the euangelion is the lens through which we see it. It, it the, That word was a secular word that we translate gospel, good news, um, uh, a, a great announcement. But it was really only used when a new king was coronated, a new king was born, or a king won a great military victory. And the, so the gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, used that term gospel knowing that that's what it meant. Paul used it knowing that's what it meant. And and that's that's really the statement of Mark. This is what it's about. In fact, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the eyewitness accounts. Matthew writes about his account. Mark writes about Peter's account. And Luke is giving eyewitness accounts that he's gathered as a historian and then John is an eyewitness account personally written the evidence that Jesus of Nazareth was the Messiah, the Son of God. And um, he he starts off in Mark 1 by sharing how God revealed this Messiah, Jesus, as the one because he fulfilled prophecy of Isaiah 
John the Baptist announced him as a great prophet. He, he announced Jesus as being the one. And then God himself says, this is my son. I'm well pleased. You know, he, he later says, what? Listen to him. And we learned in chapter one about the kingdom of God and Jesus, the fact that he preached when it says Jesus preached the kingdom of God is at hand, repent, believe, and follow. And we talked about that and uh, kind of went through that and worked through that. Well, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at some healings, uh, the healing of the leper. Um, and the leper, leprosy actually represented sin. And, and so in the healing of the leper, we saw that Jesus' primary concern was not just to heal the outer, but to heal souls, Right. And not, not temporary illnesses. And we saw in the leper somebody who was unclean. And what did the guy say? He didn't say, he came up to him and he said, make me what? Clean. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be clean. You know, because so he, he could be in, in the fellowship. temple. Yeah, in yeah. fellowship with God. <clears throat> and so in the paralytic, we saw a man desperate to meet Jesus. And, and he couldn't get there on his own. He had four friends bring him. Now, what's so great about these two physical healings is they preceded a spiritual application of both in Matthew, also known as Levi. What we saw in the leprosy being the leper being alienated, we saw spiritually in Matthew. What we saw uh, in the, uh, the paralytic not being able to go to Jesus on his own, Matthew, the crowd was down by the water. Matthew's sitting at the tax booth. And so what does Jesus do? He goes to Matthew and says, follow me. And what happened is the religious leaders got really upset at all these things that were going on. One, Jesus said to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven. That really bothered them because only this God himself could say that, right? And so they were upset. Then they saw this partying going on after Matthew's uh, conversion. Matthew's inviting all his friends and this week, we're continuing to see the Pharisees be skeptical of Jesus because now we see him picking on his followers. And that's what happens a lot. If somebody, they kept going to Jesus and he'd shut them up. I mean, mm-hmm. he would literally, they couldn't deal with him. So now they're going after his followers. But there's a little time span in between uh, Matthew's calling and even the questioning of Jesus about the fasting and, and what we're going to read this week, because uh, John 5 talks about Jesus healing a man in the uh, Solomon's colonnade who had been a paralytic. And when he healed him, he did it on the Sabbath. And that's where we see Jesus first start to break into the whole Sabbath. That, that, was, their, that was their everything. The Sabbath was the Pharisees' main control stick. Mm-hmm. They, they really exercised control over that particular regulation. Um, and so uh, basically what the Pharisees did is they focused on the external, and they wanted to know, is Jesus, he healed on the Sabbath, is he going to continue to do that? This was a holy day. I mean, this was their way to show we're really pious, we're really holy by making sure nobody violated their fences. Because you see, what they did is they took, if God said, I only want you to, you can't get within three feet of this particular item, 
they would put a fence at six feet and say the rule is you can't get within six. Now, that's not what God said, but they would make another regulation. And orally, these were called the Mishnah. They would sit together and come up with these leaders, these Pharisees, with, with, with this stuff. And then they wrote it down in what's called the Talmud. And what they ultimately did, Brad, was they took the scriptures out of the hands of everyday people and put it into the hands of religious professionals. And um, Jesus never referred to the Talmud once in the New Testament that hmm. is recorded. And instead, you remember from the uh, Beatitudes, or, or not the Beatitudes, but the um, Matthew 5 where he was a Sermon on the Mount, he said, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Mm-hmm. Did the same thing with murder and and hatred right. he was and, getting to the heart yeah not to the action yeah he's saying it's not about the external right it's about the internal now when you think about that jesus came and was bringing reform and i, I was thinking of martin luther back in 1500s at the diet of worms they said you need to recant all you've said because what was luther saying he's saying it's grace alone faith alone scripture alone the bible alone right christ alone and he said, you show me in Scripture and I'll recant, but I'm not going to recant to your traditions. <laughs> and because of how God used him today, you and I and a lot of people can read the Scriptures and by the power of the Holy Spirit get revelation mm-hmm. and to God and his word. Yeah. And that I'm so thankful. So this week we're looking at these three things. I've already said them, but how... God reveals a Messiah who affirms the authority of God's word, who clarifies the meaning of God's word, and who demonstrates the mercy of God's word. And so I'll have you read the text right when we come back and just make one quick statement about it. And then if people want to call in, they can call in. Yeah, sounds good. Glad you tuned in. 844-777-7928. 844-777-SWAT. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email us your questions or comments to ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. 
Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Brunswick at 91.3. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio, Doug and Brad here. Uh, holding down the fort this afternoon. You want to call us this afternoon, 844-777-7928, 844-777-SWAT. Um, you we'll folks o- don't be shy. <clears throat> yeah, you we'll know, it's funny because we, <laughs> I was talking to one of my board guys the other day, and uh, he goes, uh, I was just saying, yeah, we, we're, we, you know, we're not really sure how many people listen here in Jacksonville because don't, they don't have a metric for really right. figuring that mm-hmm. out. Uh, and, um, he goes, well, there's a lot of people listening. Cause I talked to people and like I was, he was just at some store talking randomly to somebody and they go, Oh, I'll listen to that. He was just brought up SWAT about something talking about it. And, uh, they say, yeah, I'll listen. So if you're listening and you want to call, feel free, we'd love yeah. to have you weigh in <laughs> or give us a question or a comment. <clears throat> I'll so. never forget that time. You and I were right down the road here at the Starbucks talking just kind of before the radio broadcast and that guy came up to us and said you guys wouldn't happen to be the guys from swat radio would you <laughs> he could hear us hear our voices and uh picked them out i i've asked vicky i don't know that i have that distinctive no, voice. oh yeah but, but yeah but if you hear it you do you kind of know i had yeah. that happen one time at a Publix as well uh, i was at a Publix and this lady was behind me in line. She goes, I recognize your voice. Man. <laughs> so it was funny. But uh, thank well, you, Lord, for this platform. <clears throat> it's really is, it's been a, a great platform. And, yeah. um, you know, we're in Mark chapter 2 and uh, looking at this idea of a Messiah who affirms the authority of God's word. He clarifies the meaning of God's word, and he demonstrates the mercy of God's word this week. So, Brad, why don't you read verses 23 Actually, read just uh, 23 through uh, 28, and then uh, we'll just make a couple of comments, and then tomorrow we'll get into, we'll we'll start pushing into chapter 3. Yeah, Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 23. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, look, Why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? Verse 27, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. These are the words of God. Well, you know, it's on the Sabbath, Mark makes clear there, and it says he was going through the the grain fields. 
sometimes the word corn is used, but corn means grain. And that, I mean, it's not like it was ears of corn. Mm -hmm. It was, they, they use that term to refer to wheat or barley. And so uh, it's just translated for us that way. But the, the bottom line is he had come back from healing the guy in Jerusalem when he was there for the feast on a Sabbath. And the Pharisees were following him and his disciples. They were watching them. Now, according to the Old Testament, you can pick heads of grain if you're walking through the grain field. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be a widow. You don't have to be an orphan or an alien. You can just be a normal, everyday person on your way, but you're hungry, mm-hmm. and it, you can pick a head of grain, take it, put it in your mouth. You go straight to it. But the Talmud had rules that defined what you couldn't do because the Talmud, remember, was the written-down translation of the oral Mishnah, their tradition, and they had 24 chapters on the Sabbath laws. 24 whole chapters. Mm. Here's here's a couple of them. One, 1,999 steps allowed on Sabbath. And Amos Allman said they didn't even have Fitbits back then. <laughs> exactly. You know, nine, how do you, I mean, what happens? Oh, man, how many steps did I do? 1,200 or 13? I can't remember. Mm. So 1,999 steps. Second, nothing could be carried that weighed more than a dried fig. Have you ever held a dry fig? It ain't very heavy. Uh, third, if you had an object in your right hand, and let's say you threw it up in the air and you caught it with your other hand, or you transferred it over to your other hand, that was work, and it was considered a sin. If you threw it up with your right hand and caught it with your right hand, it's not a sin. Well, that- hang on a second. <clears throat> I don't know if I made notes on that, but I thought that was interesting. You said if, if you're talking about winnowing and threshing and reaping, hit those real quick yeah yeah i'm why well, i i am because that the talman said that if you pick the wheat head and you roll it in your hands that's considered reaping r-e-a-p-i-n-g that's like somebody going out with a combine taking mm-hmm. all the the crops okay second they said if you rub it to get the chaff off too long in your hands it's threshing to kind of beat the chaff mm-hmm. out. That's a sin. If you throw the chaff in the air, that's considered winnowing. It's a sin. And so the Deuteronomy 23 says you can pluck the heads with the hands, and it doesn't limit it to six days a week. It just says you can do it when you're going through. So the, the Talmud said these things were not lawful, and and they were questioning Jesus basically saying, why are you challenging our authority? And the Pharisees had no um, real compassion for the hunger of the disciples and Jesus. They didn't care. All they cared about was their power base. All they cared about was he's, he's leading them, he's allowing them to do this, and they're breaking the law. But they weren't breaking the law. They were breaking their tradition or their interpretation of those traditions, right? And so uh, the, the thing that was so interesting about that, Brad, is they would selectively enforce certain things about the Sabbath more than others. And some things they wouldn't. But I love Jesus' response in verse 25. Have you never read 
Now, he's asking people, have you never read who were supposed to read and probably did read a lot of the the Torah mm-hmm. and the wisdom books. Yeah. Um, and he says, have you never read? And then he takes them to 1 Samuel 21. That was brilliant. Jesus was the master at going back to Scripture. And what he's doing is he's affirming the authority of God's Word over tradition here, mm-hmm. over even their rules about God's Word. There's a difference between God's Word and rules about God's Word. And so he goes, have you never read? He takes them back to David and Ahimelech and the bread of presence. You see, every week in the temple, they would take 12 loaves representing the 12, uh, 12 of tribes, and they would put them uh, there, and it was called the holy bread, in the presence of God in the in the temple. And the ceremony or the tabernacle. Uh, and so the uh, the ceremony and the r- ritual, the... the um, the, the, what God has established here is divine ceremonial law ruled. And it was a big deal if you violate it. So the only people that could eat that bread when it was replaced every week, not the new bread, but the old bread coming out was the priest. And so what Jesus is doing is he's saying ceremony, uh, tradition, never triumphs over a person's wellness or even or, or their life. And what he's saying to them is if David can violate a divine ceremony, then certainly it's not wrong for my disciples uh, to and me to violate your tr- human tradition. Ultimately, he's saying I'm the final interpreter of God's word, and you're wrong here, guys. He's saying you're wrong. And, you know, we're going to see uh, tomorrow where he says he's the Lord of the Sabbath, how he clarifies it. But what I love about this is look at the similarities. David, a king with his men on a mission from God. Here you have Jesus, the king, with his men on a mission for God. David and his men were hungry. Jesus and his men were hungry. David and his men ate something that you really shouldn't have eaten Mm -hmm. on a normal basis. Jesus and his men they didn't really do anything wrong. Jesus took them back to this story to say, if this is not wrong, how are you condemning me? Mm-hmm. And he was the master at that. It, it, it was just a human tradition. And so uh, I love how Jesus affirmed the authority of God's word, not just tradition. And, you know, Brad, you and I have seen over, we've experienced, because we've talked about it before in the past, there's a lot of churches that elevate their tradition over God's word to basically tell people that if you're not following my tradition, you're in sin. Mm-hmm. And that, I, that you got to yeah, be really careful <laughs> when you make your convictions. Yes. Somebody else's sin. Uh, sin. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and so this is a real issue that we've seen, especially with denominations. It, listen, nothing wrong with convictions, nothing oh. wrong with worshiping with people of the same conviction. Mm-hmm. But when you make your conviction, unless it's, unless it's uh, in God's word, yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. We've probably, m- many of us have probably been in that position where yeah. we've had to defend something. And I've been on the other side where, 
where I've made my convictions and guilted you for not lining up with my convictions and realizing, no, that's not right either. Yeah. And I think this idea of, of, uh, Jesus affirming the authority of God's word. I mean, we see this over and over and over again, uh, that Jesus takes them back to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, this is what is so critical.